0: Alright, Pastor Leo is going to come. He's going to preach. I'm ready for it. Here's your communion, Pastor Leo. Everybody give it up for Cassie. Woohoo! Cassie! Cassie's awesome. Good morning, everybody. I'm a little bit chilly already. Does it mean that it's coming? Winter is, is around the corner somewhere? I'm getting scared. I'm Brazilian. Um, real quick, if you don't know me, I'm Leo. I'm the youth pastor here. In, um, and speaking of announcements, as Cassie just did a bunch of them, I also want to announce that Mercy Youth, we're coming back. Yeah. On October 11th, we're going to be meeting, uh, Mercy Youth is back meeting here in our youth room. The drums will hopefully be cleared out of this back park lot, and we're going to be meeting at, uh, at on Sundays from 5 to 7 p.m. So, our youth group is coming back. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to follow all the safety protocols. But we are back, and I'm so excited. We're also working on a Wednesday night Bible study and different activities. And um, actually, before October 11th, next Sunday, October 4th, if I'm correct, right? We actually have our last game night for the summer, but summer's done already. But uh, we got our, our last game night next Sunday here at 5 p.m. So, if you are a teenager or a parent of a teen or if you know a teen... Invite them to come out because um, we're we're back in action, and I'm really excited because, let me tell you, this quarantine season's been hard for you, Pastor. It's been hard to uh, yeah to want to hang out with my friends and talk to them about Jesus, but not being able to. So, anyways, here we are. Um, very excited about today. Oh, look, my family's coming. Hi, Levi. Hi, Lily. Hi, Sarah. Hey, they're coming over there. They're late. <laughs> anyways, I love them. But, uh, (laughs) okay, so today, let's get into the message before I get myself in trouble. Uh, So today we are closing out our our little three-week series on Micah 6.8. And um, Micah 6.8 says, And what does the Lord require of you but to act justly and love mercy and to walk humbly with our God, with your God? The first week, Pastor John talked about acting justly. Last week, Cassie talked about love and mercy, and today, I get to talk about walking humbly with your God. So today, we get to talk about humility, and can I, real quick, can I just break, like, <laughs> your expectations and the pressure on me? You know how there's some messages where the preacher has, like, here's three steps for you to achieve this, Right? I don't have three easy steps to maximize your humility. Like, I don't know it. Like, I, this is a message that's hard for me because I, I can't, I, I, I don't have it, and I can't teach you something that I don't have, right? I can't give you, here's like six things that you could do to be the most humble person on the earth. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't go there, but we can talk about uh, what the Bible says and we can talk about Jesus. So can we do that together? Can we talk about walking humbly with our God? Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, (laughs) Lord, I humbly come to you and I ask you for for you to be here right now because I need you and we need you. And today, more than my words, we need you. We need your presence. So God, come be with us. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said, Amen. Okay, so let's talk about it. Walking humbly with your God. Let's break it down first. When the Bible talks about walking, um, it's more than just a physical act, right? Walking speaks of a lifestyle, speaks of a relationship with God, right? We got stories of like Enoch walked with God and then he was no more and then he just went up to be with God. Like well, a lot of times when the Bible talks about walking, it talks about somebody's lifestyle, somebody's relationship with God, right? And then humility, this is kind of the hard one to, to be able to pin down, to be able to to define it, right, I heard a definition from actually Pastor John. said, humility is confidence properly placed. Humility is not weakness. Humility is not just like, ah, you know, like everybody's better than me. No, humility is confidence properly placed. Another way that I heard humility described is not to think less of yourself, but to think of yourself less. You see that difference? Humility is not to think less of yourself, but it's to think about yourself less. And um, yeah, so to walk humbly with your God, to walk humbly with our God is a lifestyle. We got to pursue a lifestyle where we think about ourselves less, but we have that confidence properly placed in who God called us to be, right? And then the opposite of humility is pride, Right? Humility is hard to define, but pride is easy to spot out, right? We all keep, we all probably have examples right now of when we've been prideful or prideful people that we know. And let me tell you what. Uh, kind of being a youth pastor, I spent a lot of time online, right? And I tell you, I tell you that the battlefield between pride and humility right now it is online, and I see it with our teenagers. And I love you, teenagers, right? It's the selfie culture, right? Like, you know, like the, the, that's that's humility and pride. The battle's right there. Like, look at me, or look at what's going on. Look what I'm doing. Look what I'm eating, right? So I see that a lot. In um, the selfie culture of Instagram, but then also with the adults, I see the battle between pride and humility a lot. You know where? In the Facebook comments. <laughs> I see that battle going on a lot in the Facebook comments and the arguments. And especially now in this crazy political season where, man, so many people have so many opinions. And it's very, uh, it's, 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 it's getting crazy out there, folks. It's getting kind of crazy out there. But you know what? I try to stay out of this as much as possible. The, the Facebook arguments and, and, and this and that, uh, mostly because I spend way too much time watching The Office on Netflix and NBA basketball, right? So I don't feel like I got an informed opinion to give a lot of times. I'm like, you know some people, they've done way more research than I have, so I just try to stay out of it. But if you want to dip the bait, like what's the best Office episode? Stress relief? I got you. Come at me. Let's talk, right? If you want to talk basketball with me, that's like my favorite subject. Come speak to me. We can argue. We could talk. Who's better, Jordan or LeBron? You know what? And like, <laughs> this is a little trick that I have, but I can name you every NBA champion since 1990, right? That's how much I know. Like I can debate basketball because I know basketball. You guys ready for it? Pistons. Bulls. 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 Rockets. Rockets. Bulls. 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 Spurs. Lakers. 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 Spurs. Pistons. Spurs. Heats. Spurs. Celtics. Lakers. 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 Wait. Lakers. Lakers. Not three times. Two times. And then is Mavs. Heats. Heats. Spurs. Warriors, Cavs, Warriors, Warriors, Raptors last year, and now my Lakers are in the finals, and I think they're going to win it all, right? So come to baby. I know my stuff about basketball, but don't talk to me about politics or anything like that, or (laughs) then I get, uh, getting way over my head. (laughs) So let's talk about, let's talk about Jesus. How about that? Can we talk about Jesus? Before I talk about Jesus, I got two questions for you. Question number one. When was the last time that somebody changed your mind about something online? We're going to get to Jesus, but first let's talk about this. When was the last time that you were in an argument with somebody online and, um, and your mind was changed and somebody convinced you of a good point? And if you can think of, <laughs> if you can think of a point that, that your mind was changed, how did that person do it? How did that person change your mind? How did they speak to you? Did they drop like the hottest meme in the game and completely change your mind? Or was like, how did it happen? When was the last time that somebody changed your opinion on something online? I'll just let it linger. You can think about that and talk about it on the way home. Right? And then the second question is: who is the most humble person you know? Who is the most humble person you know? And what makes them humble? What, like, how would you define their humbleness? Again, I'm going to let it linger and let you think about it. Like, some of the characteristics I think about when I think about who's the most humble person I know. I think about somebody who talks way less than I do because I talk too much. Somebody who listens much better than I do because I my mind just goes so fast so many times and I usually don't listen well as I should. And now let's segue to Jesus because I believe that Jesus was the example of what humility is all about. Jesus is always our great example, right? Jesus says, You know, love your neighbors. Greater love has no one than this, that a man should lay down his life for a friend. And then Jesus went and showed us what that love was like. So Jesus, I believe, is the ultimate example of how we are called to live. And I believe in humility, Jesus is that great example too. But in humility, I don't think that Jesus was weak or a pushover or unsure of himself. Like Jesus was really, really, really confident and yet super humble. Right. We see Jesus as a little boy going like running away from his parents, going to the temple when teaching old folks. Right. That's Jesus. There's confidence there. Right. We see Jesus, of course, like flipping over tables, doing this and that. There was a time where Jesus walked in the temple, opened up the scroll right from Isaiah and said, today, the scripture is fulfilled in front of you right, like that takes some courage, right, that's, that's like, you know, a humble brag, that's like Jesus' humble brag, but it's actually true, like Jesus saying, like, today's scripture is fulfilled in front of you, I am the Messiah, I am the Savior that you're looking for, right, there was a time where Jesus, in Matthew 23, you can look at it later, but Jesus is confronting the religious leaders of the day, and he's saying, woe to you, woe to you, woe to you, and then some other people get offended, just like, oh yeah, woe to you too, so um, Jesus is not, he was not, um, he was not a pushover. He was not weak. He had confidence. He was like a lion, but he was also like a lamb. Jesus also had humility. So for that, we're going to read from Philippians chapter 2. And it says this. You can read it on that, no you can't, or you can look it on the, on the app. I believe the notes are there. And if you watch it online, you can follow along. Philippians chapter 2, verse two to seven it says this therefore if you have any encouragement from being united with christ if any comfort from his love if any common sharing in the spirits if any tenderness and compassion this is paul speaking to the church in philippi he says then make my joy complete by being like-minded and having the same love being one in spirit and one of mine and here it goes do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceits rather in humility value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient even to death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen? This is one of the most beautiful passages about Jesus. But Paul, he sets it up by saying in your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. In the way that you relate to one another, church, think about Jesus and follow his example. Right? And we look at Jesus who was in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Jesus was fully God and became a man and did not use, did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own good. He was found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient, even death on a cross. We look at Jesus fully God and he takes on human flesh. He takes on this body that he probably had back pains, right? Growing up as a teenager, he probably had acne. I don't know, did they have acne back then? Maybe, he probably did. Like, he had to go through puberty. He had to go through the normal human experience, right? He, he could have done this any way he wanted to, but he chose to humble himself and become, like, one of us, and we're not all that compared to God, right? Like, he could even, like, humble himself and become, like, like just, just an angel, just a majestic being flying in the sky and saying, hey, follow me. But no, he chose to become a man. He chose to become a human and to go through our experience. And the Bible says that he was acquainted with our grief. He was tempted in every way, just like we are. But he didn't sin. And he did that. He came so low. He humbled himself because he loves us, because of relationship, He wanted to become close to me and you. He didn't want that distance. He wanted to be like us so that he can relate to us, so that we can relate to him and so that he could save us. This is Jesus. He's always the example, right? So because of Jesus, we can look at his life and we can say, how about we become like Jesus and we do nothing out of selfish ambition or or vain conceits? doing nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceits, rather in humility. This one is super hard. Valuing others above yourself. Another translation says, consider others better than you. That's Bible, folks. That's hard. That's can I say it? This is like anti-American, you know, anti-Brazilian too, but this is anti-everything in our culture to consider others better than you. For those of you who have seen me play basketball, play basketball with me, you know that I walk in a cart and I consider no one better than me, right? Like I'm taking those shots. Like this is hard. This is Bible. Consider others better than you. Value others above yourself, not looking at your own interests, but each of you to the interest of the others. You know where this gets played out for me in, in my life a lot? At home uh, with the dishes. <laughs> Hi, Sarah. I love you. You know, like that's where it gets played. I'm not looking out for my own interest but the interests of others. The biggest test of that is who's going to do the dishes, right? And I've been trying. I've been trying. I've been trying my best. Like, okay, even though I go, want to go watch NBA playoffs, I mean, let me just like put my iPad here and watch it while doing the dishes, so that Sarah doesn't have to. This is where it gets played out the most, and I'm 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 not there yet, but I'm working on it. Jesus is the example. Of humbling yourself for the sake of others, for the sake of relationship, for the sake of love. There's a story that Jesus shares in Luke 18, verse 10 and 14. This one is this one is hard for me today. Story in Luke 18. It goes like this: Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, and adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of all I get. This was the Pharisee's prayer. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I'll tell you that this man rather than the other went home justified before God for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So Jesus paints a picture of two people going up to pray. One of them a Pharisee a religious leader somebody in the church goes up and pretty much prays God thank you that I'm not like those people and the other, a tax collector, there were known sinners, there were gangsters, there were bad people back in those days. And that, that person goes up to pray and he doesn't even look up. He's just down and people are looking at him, obviously, because the tax the, the Pharisee can see him say, thank God I'm not like that guy. And he's just head down, beating his breast, beating his chest, and says, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. This convicts me today. Because the question is, like, which one of those are you right now? Like, which one of those am I today? Which one of those do we act like online? I'll tell you, right now, in our, our, our divide in this country, the way that things are right now, I see it a lot in myself, and I see it a lot in the church of God. Thank you that I'm not like those people over there who have, have everything wrong. How can they even, like... I see that so much in me, and that's not okay, even if the arguments may be right, even if there's validity on, on our side, like, it does I see that prideful thing. I see very little of, God, we need you. God, have mercy on me, and a lot of those people, we're better than them. Guys, can I be honest? A lot of you know my story, like, right now, I am thankful that I'm in a church here in Minneapolis. I'm thankful that I'm here in Mercy Vineyard and not in the south, in a church in the south like I was before. And part of that's good. Part of that's okay. Like, it's good to, like, be joyful that you're in a a church like ours. But, man, the other other side of that is pride. The The other side of that is pridefulness. The other side of that is me saying, like, man, like, we're better. And that's not okay. <laughs> Remember when I said that I don't have it, so I can't teach you how to get there? Yeah, this is it, right? This has been a really hard message for me to, to work on this past couple weeks, three weeks. So the question is, which one are you today? Which one of those? What's the posture in your hearts? How are you like online? I want to call us to be the church, to be the people, to be the, the, to be the Facebook friends, that we do less of pointing at other people and more of pointing up to God or putting our heads down and saying, God, we need you. God, have mercy on me. God, have mercy on us. We need you. To close it out, James 4, 6. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. When I think about God opposing the proud, you know what I think about? I think about four-year-olds because I have one. Hi, Levi. <laughs> you know, a lot of times with, my, with, with Levi, he's doing something, and I'm like, Levi, can I help you? And he's like, no, I want to do it myself. And, you know, and he tries to do everything on his own, and I'm like, okay. Hey, parents, adults, Anybody who's seen a four-year-old, what usually ends up happening? <laughs> like, they can't do it, right? They can't do it, and they get frustrated. When I think of that verse, God approaching the proud, I think of this. I think of God just letting the proud do things their own way. Just let the proud do what they think is right in their own eyes, try to do things in their own strength, and failing. But God gives grace to the humble. The moment that Levi says daddy help, I'm right there. Like, you know, I'm there to help him. I'm there to give him my help. I'm there to I'm there to give him that grace. I think that's what this verse is kind of talking about. When we choose to live in a prideful way, it's almost like we're saying, God, I don't need you. I can do this by myself. I know better. I I I got I got this. Let me do it. And God says, Okay, but the moment we turn our eyes to God, I need you. His grace is there to help us, and grace is a gift. Grace is not just like, like, oh, you messed up. Here's some grace. Like, I have grace in you. I'm like, no, like, grace is a gift from God. It's something that we don't deserve. A lot of times when the Bible speaks about grace, it speaks about power. This gift is power. My grace is made perfect in your weakness. I'm going to give you power. I'm going to give you strength where you don't, when you, when you, where you need it the most. Right Hebrews 4 talks about how how we can come to God and he give us grace to help us in our time of need when when the, when the bible says God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble and you think about that and the verse that we're on we're walking humbly with our God that becomes not not a commandment not a requirement it becomes an invitation saying hey you want to do justice you want to act justly you want to love mercy you want to do all these good things for for the world, you want, to all, you want to do these good things, walk humbly so I can give you my grace to help you. My grace is here for you. My grace is here to encourage you, to pick you up, to give you strength to do what you can't. And the way that you access that grace is through humility, not pridefulness. The way that you act, access my strength is by knowing and acknowledging that you're weak. So I believe that today God is calling us to act justly, to love mercy, but to do it by walking humbly with our God. Because that's where his power comes in. That's where his grace comes in. Through humility. Pridefulness puts something in between us and the help from God that he wants to give. Humility is the posture that we need. Amen. Worship team, come on up. I want to pray for us today. Um, Part of, (laughs) again, I don't have steps on how to become more humble, but I can tell you this. We can ask for help. Part of humility is acknowledging that you don't have it all together and you need help. So I want to encourage us today as we pray and after worship, if you want to come up here and receive prayer, to just acknowledge, acknowledge, I need help. I don't have it all together. I need help help i need the grace of god amen so let's stand if you if you like to worship and god we just say right now lord that we need you jesus i thank you that you are the ultimate example of what you call us to so i pray today god even as we worship would you meet us we humble ourselves right now say lord meet us with your grace in Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.